Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Check out the Mixing Music Podcast on Amazon Music. Just visit Amazon.com forward slash Mixing Music. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host... I did not think about this beforehand. Right mm. on the spot again. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, I hope it's delicious. L- Linky Lou, Lanky Lou. You know I'm not Sorry, very I just, lanky. I just saw I just saw Link from <laughs> Zelda on like the screen. You know, so that's just video game reference that just did not work. I want to say that the other day, like uh, I kid you not. So um, we went to the gym and we were doing leg day, and there's the leg extensions where you have to like sit down and you have to hold yourself in place with the bars, right? Uh-huh. Well, that was the sad realization moment that not only does Anna have longer arms than I do, but Henry does, and I'm taller than both of them. So I really realized I'm like, oh, I have short arms. <laughs> it was like a fun realization where I'm like, this is the weirdest way to find out. <laughs> like you're working out a muscle group that has nothing to do with the so one not, that you just not discovered. so lanky Lou is not so right. lanky Lou. <laughs> uh, I also uh, um, I restarted playing on the same note. I started playing uh, Breath of the Wild again on Switch, How's but it going? but in master mode. So like, wait, what's that? So I think it's part of the DLC where you have the option to like play it again, but with the bosses are harder and there's like a few other perks and mm-hmm. and and things like that. So it's just uh, a little bit harder version of the game, and it's honestly way fun to play it through everything again. Um, it's really bad because my oldest son, my four-year-old, loves to watch me play, and he'll like let me watch. He'll let watch me play for six hours if I play that long. Oh my god! Like, yeah. So like he'll yeah. never like he'll like encourage me, and it's really unhealthy. Yeah. So that's that's definitely what God of War was for me. Um, normally, I got in trouble for playing a lot of video games, but one day I bought God of War on PS2 uh, when I was in high school, and my sister walks in. She's like, "What are you playing?" Oh uh, no, she's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like. Oh, I'm not watching. I'm playing. It's God of War. She's like, it looks like a movie. I was like, yeah, it's kind of epic. She's like, can I watch? I'm like, sure. And we literally sat there for like 10 hours until we finished the game. She's like, this is literally a movie in a game. I was like, yeah. Dude, that's why, yeah, dude, stories and games are so good. It's yeah. interactive movies. Anyway, um, today we have a good uh, episode that we want to, you know, uh, talk about mm-hmm. is 
some important truths about the music industry. Oh yeah. Now this is not clickbait, and I don't think what we're we're stretching the truth or anything like this. But I want people to look at the music industry and and their path in it, um, for the long run, in the long run macro perspective. And I think this is really important. And I'm I'm really thinking that this episode is going to be you know, a buffet of ideas that you can kind of pick and choose from. And I think that even if you are a home recordist or just someone that is doing it as a hobby, whether you're a mixer, engineer, producer, songwriter, or an artist, I think all of this information is going to be pertinent to you. And number one is that no matter what the internet and TV and news tells you, there's not as much money flowing in the music scene in the music industry worldwide as much as you think yeah we see a lot of people in blinged out chains nice cars fancy clothes um but to a certain degree this is all a facade of what's actually happening and most importantly the people that are affording this stuff are getting the money from brand deals and things outside of music. Yeah. Selling their own clothing and merchandise brings in a lot more money than the actual, just specifically music industry. Yeah. Tends to be a lot of lifestyle brands that want to get associated because they see the entertainment business as what it is. It's, it's entertaining for the fans, right? But once you actually get a lifestyle brand involved, they're like, hey, we'd like you to wear our clothing. We'd like you to wear our jewelry. We'd like you to drive our cars. But the cool thing is if it's not necessarily gifted all the time, it's at a really discounted rate. For instance, like you see this a lot in the music industry where even engineers get sponsorships. You know, you get big enough as an engineer, you get some pretty cool placements that they want to associate themselves to. They say, hey, we'd like you to be a sponsored engineer under our content. Uh, We can offer you discounts. We can offer you this. And because of that, though, their lifestyle may seem a little more lavishly. It was a little more accessible because they know that not everybody can afford it, even those that succeed. Absolutely. Um, This is interesting. This is how small the music industry is. Uh, I've shared different numbers in the past, Mm -hmm. but this is specifically, uh, what is it? RIAA. So like Mm -hmm. the same company that makes platinum platinum and gold records. Yeah. Yeah, So those recognitions where they keep track and and keep the data for the industry. Put it in perspective, in 2019, the industry revenue Mm -hmm. for for technology in the U.S. alone was over $1 trillion. I think it was closer to $1.3 trillion. Um, Nice. This is uh, the pornography industry in the United States alone made like $1.6 trillion, which I don't know what, I don't, we won't go into what side tangents and Maybe thoughts I, I need go to go into. into like post-production No, no, we're not going to talk about that. Um, and in 2019, according to RIAA, uh, the gross income in the United States alone was only $11.1 billion. And in 2020, there was a slight increase to $12.2 billion. Yeah. Uh, an incredible difference. Film and TV is, I think, was closer to $300 billion. So that's how big of a gap there is in revenues within different industries. And part of the reason why the music industry is so hard to tap into is because it's so cool and everyone wants to do it. But there's not that many opportunities to make money and monetize your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 
unfortunately, a major part of the income from music uh, comes from sync licensing, which kind of funds is funded by film and TV. Um, and uh, according to the statistics that I read previously, I don't know. I can't pull it up right in front of me. I'm, I'm going to find it while Lou's talking and maybe we'll come back to it. But if I remember correctly, about 56% of the gross annual income in the music industry in 2019 came from streaming services. So all of those artists and people saying that they're not making enough money from their music streaming um, there's not that much to complain about because back in the day, like 10, 20 years ago, when Livewire was a lot more popular and just downloading MP3 was a lot more popular, the average uh, consumer, like how much an average consumer was spending per capita on mm-hmm. music was closer to like 10, 20 bucks a year. Yeah. And then now because of streaming, it's closer to $100 per year per capita again Yeah. Uh, because streaming costs 5 to $15 per month. Yeah. Uh, so- Honestly, there's a lot more funding and growth year on year in the music industry because of Spotify. So anybody that complains about streaming, shut the fuck up. You need to learn how to monetize it better and utilize it better rather than complain about it. And the problem with it is there's also a lot more competition. It's a lot easier to submit music to go online now as well. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's less money in the music industry. It just means you have to work harder and be better. Um, This is super interesting. So that's the first topic that I want to bring about. I want to go into more actual numbers because I think that that's interesting for the podcast. Sure. Um, But Lou, you've been in the industry now for over a decade. Yeah. How have you kind of... And and granted, this this answer, I think your thoughts are going to be slightly biased because you've grown in your capacity. Like your career has gotten better over the last decade. How have you kind of seen um, where... Like how as how tell me about the different moments during your career where you kind of recognize that the music scene is smaller than you thought it was. Well, it's it's actually kind of funny, you know. When you first start out, you're like, uh, especially like me. I grew up in L.A. and I know how big L.A. is. Like, you walk into a small neighborhood. That small neighborhood still has close to a hundred thousand residents, and the amount of people in L.A. that actually want to work in music or entertainment in general is still a really high percentage. Even if it's a kid just looking up to the stars. Or an adult that says, I'd love to get into the industry. But the funny thing is, once you actually get into the industry and the deeper you dive into your career, you actually start realizing that there's actually not that many players in this game. There's really not. And by saying that, it kind of uh, kind of discounts those that work from home or this and that. But let's, let's consider this as a big picture. If there's 100,000 people trying to make a song today with other professionals... The one person that works from home, works alone, and uploads everything on their own and has never reached out or networked in their industry doesn't actually understand that, you know, associating yourself to other people actually helps you kind of grow your network and your worth, socially speaking. But once you start doing that, you start realizing you're like, wait a minute, I keep seeing the same faces. I keep seeing the same people going to the same types of events, and I keep seeing the same people who are succeeding in this surround themselves with the same people of their stature and level. So the further you get into it, the smaller this community of people get. You know, when you think about engineers that are succeeding, I'm sure you can say that there's, you know, thousands of platinum plaque engineers. Um, But how many of them are working in the genre that you want to be in that are actively getting these big records? You know, it's actually a very small amount. Like in the hip hop side of things, you get people like Baines, TZO, 
you get Jesse Ray. You get people like Bob Horn, who still does some hip hop, but he's no more for like the pop side of things. But like, it's kind of funny when you think about those four names, Bob Horn doesn't really carry as big of a name as he did back then. It doesn't mean that he's not active. He's just not somebody that is socially out there as much as the other three. Jesse Ray right now is blowing up. Baines is blowing up. TZO has been blowing up. Um, and they're getting all these big records. Yet Bob Horn is one of the guys you, you don't really hear about a lot that is doing like BTS and all that. So, you know, the industry is big. There's a lot of people playing in it. But when you talk about how much revenue there is to go around, the bigger budgets, the, the, the majority of what you see in our industry is not going to the home studio enthusiast. It's going to those who have gone above and beyond, have kind of stayed longer in the game and have kind of formed their personality in that community, you know, but we're not really seeing any of this revenue like directly given out to kind of the, the, the populace that is just kind of staying at home, staying reserved, not trying to network. So it's kind of like what you said earlier. It's not about like, you know, necessarily looking at it as last man standing, but rather there are times where some people are going to get more popular because a different artist blew up that was being worked on by a different engineer and that engineer now gets some limelight and they start seeing the bigger budgets come towards them. But until that happens, it's a lot of smaller budgets. So when you think about like, you know, how do I grow? It's all about the consistency and seeing that consistency really flourish throughout the years. Absolutely. We, I've definitely seen this come into play and I found, we'll talk about the numbers more. I read through mm-hmm. it a little bit better, but um, I've definitely seen that as well. It's really interesting. I think the big takeaway from this as a listener is to one, recognize the importance of working sustainably. Mm-hmm. Like you're not in this for two years and you're going to blow up. That's a stupid gamble. Yeah. Um, you might. And there have been people who have done that. We had an intern who stayed gamble. with us less than a year and he got a crazy good opportunity. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and I'm also thinking, like, from the perspective yeah. of an artist and a songwriter, there's yeah. so many different places to look at this from. Um, but it's a very bad gamble. Like, it's better to be in it for the long run. This is why you hear many big people saying the most important thing about, like, doing well in the music industry is being kind. Because the music industry does get smaller and smaller and smaller over the years, and your circle, who you work with, gets smaller. Which gets us to our point number two that we'll get to in a second. Um, and because of that, like you want to keep good ties with everybody, like burning one person means a lot, like burning one relationship with a friend means a lot in the music industry than it does in other industries because there's a lot less money, meaning there's a lot less people involved and the circle is a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to recognize is that it's kind of like a bros club. I hate to say it like that, but the music industry, there's a lot of what's the word nepotism. Um, no. Because it's a creative field. Like, of course, like I'm going to get my son involved. If he wants to make music, I'm going to use my connections to get my son involved in music. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, that's one of <laughs> like, of course, everybody that's in their best interest. If you had someone to pass it on to, too, you would want to use that power. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of nepotism, but you can still make it through. So, again, think sustainably, think long run, and you're going to do a lot better. The second point that we wanted to talk about is... Um, I really heard someone was talking about this. I forgot who it was. I think it was on social media. Um, someone that we've either interviewed in the past or we're going to interview in the future. They described the music industry as the music industry oftentimes feels like it's one of it's it's something where it's like it's just the last person standing, mm-hmm. meaning that slowly over time, people just start to quit. And the ones who really stick it out mm-hmm. are the ones who get all the gigs at the end of the day. 
And like the longer that you're involved in the music industry in a professional capacity, naturally, you're not like your success is not based on other people's failures. And that's not the right way to look at things. Like you don't want other people to quit. But that happens naturally. I mean, think about high school and then going into college. How many people quit music once they got into college? How many people left college and quit music completely after that? Like, if you're involved in the music in the music scenes in the local areas, you'll notice big drop offs at different points of people's lives as they pivot and have the opportunity to make more money in literally any other industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like literally, making more money from landscaping than music. Like I know? literally just got told by a producer. I know he's like, you know, the one, cause I told him I was looking to buy a house. He's like, okay, great. The one thing I can tell you right now is buy a duplex or an apartment first. Don't buy a house. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, literally you'll make way more money in that in a year than you ever will in music. If you just put the property right. And I was like, how does this make sense? He's like, listen, you could still live in the other duplex and still work on music and still have most of your costs covered. And that's still a write-off. You would actually generate more money by having other people pay your rent. I'm like, oh my God, these other guys have figured it out and how to stay in music without having to have to solely rely on music. Yeah. So that's literally how it was. I mean, part of the reason this is speculation and there's no hard data on this, although I could probably look it up right now. But I want to speculate and say part of the reason why, no, it has been for decades. Uh, No, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Scratch my thought. I'm not going to say that. I don't think that that's right. Sorry, I'm just going kind of going through a thought process. But like, I would say that a lot of the money that comes from the music industry comes pays for recording studio time, both personal and studio, comes from external sources. Yeah, they're not spending money that came from physical downloads or merch or tours as much as they have day jobs or they do construction. They own rental properties that they yeah. rent out. They they invest in stocks and they make re- returns from that. Um more money from the outside than it is from the inside. Very few money from the inside goes back into the industry. And it's a really interesting thing. So that's another thing too is, again, comes back to the idea of sustainability. Um, And this is specifically if you're trying to be in the music industry as a full-time professional, which many listeners have reached out to me and are interested in doing that. We try to cater this podcast for people that are doing this as a hobby right now, that are trying to transition to full-time, or if you're already in it full-time, maybe I'm just spitting facts for you, right? But um, I have some numbers as well. And it looks like this RIAA um, revenue statistics from the year-end 2020, is uh, it doesn't include touring and merch. So I wonder how much of that plays. So this is literally just like music. So of that $12.2 billion that comes from, that came from revenue, music industry revenue in 2020, right? First year of the coronavirus, um, 83% came from streaming, 6% came from digital downloads, 9% came from physical copies, and sync licenses came from two, like the money, 2%. Sync was only 2%, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So again, 83% of all the income that came from music in 2020, 83% of it was from streaming. Now we could get into how much of Spotify is owned by record labels or at least controlled and utilized by record labels for marketing purposes, uh, these these will skew the numbers. But the point is, it is relatively fair. These are publicly traded companies, so it takes a lot more streams to compete. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it with YouTube. Like a few years ago when they stopped paying, well, more than a few years ago when YouTube stopped paying as much 
per per view. Yeah. When like the the AdSense payouts like d- dropped significantly, a lot of streamers like had a hard time with that. But yeah. still, it's worth making YouTube videos and growing yep. a channel because it's still good money. Um, same thing with like music. I, it, music is a little bit weird because I'm personally involved with it and I'm biased, so my thoughts are skewed. That's why I often like to talk about art mm-hmm. and uh, film, TV, and like YouTube because. I'm unbiased with those categories. Yeah. <laughs> but uh uh but as far as like music, 83% from streaming, that's insane to me. And that's the US alone. If I remember correctly, uh I saw another statistic where like uh worldwide revenue in 2019 was like $29 billion. So it was only like so three it's times. Still more. less than American in and film. Yeah, st- much less than yeah. film and just the US yeah. alone. And yeah. again, like technology is like one trillion. Yeah. So like 1,000 billion. So this is kind of funny because like um, I know you said you couldn't pull up the statistics, uh, statistics for, for touring and merch, right? But I know of a group that I work with uh, and I see them at least three times a year at the venue that I do front of house for. And this venue hires out like well-known Latin groups that are classics. They're not currently active, but I figured it might be a good idea to just kind of like look over what they charge how many times I know they perform because I, I know their tour manager and how much he's charging for them and how many shows they have per year. So they do uh, three shows per weekend, uh, four weeks out of the month, and they tour for six months. Now, that tour isn't six months straight, but what they'll do is they'll tour in February. Then they'll skip March. They'll do April, skip uh, May. Then they'll go June, uh, July, August, September, right? And then after September, they just stop for the holidays and they start back up in February. Well, in that time... For $65,000 per show, consider this, there's four members, and then it's a hired band, depending on the city. Um, so it's four members. After $65,000 for each, that's $4.6 million per year just on touring. There's no way they're making that money on streaming a song that went number one back in the 70s. Yeah, you know They don't even get sync placements. Their music doesn't play that often. Um, they, I'm sure they get sync placements like in Latin America a lot, but it's still not going to sum up to what they're making just on tour in America because they'll still tour the rest of the world. But I know for a fact what they're charging out here in America for those shows. So if those, if those numbers are reflective of anything, can you name any artists making $4.6 million of a streaming on a very independent, uh, level? Dude. Yeah. It, like it's crazy. That's not Russ was an example of someone that made a couple. I think like uh, at most, I think he made like a couple hundred thousand dollars per month. Yeah, at like his peak when Russ was releasing music every week. When he released his book. Yeah, things yeah. like that. So, um, I mean, but that's the thing, dude. Is at the same time, for as much as people complain, um, the music industry revenue has more than doubled, has more than quadrupled since two thousand eight. Yeah, I do remember the live wire days where you downloaded. Uh, I, I did like, that. Like I downloaded yeah. so many MP3s. Like my favorite thing on TikTok is the the toxicity one, where it's like the the guy's like pretending to be a kid on the bus, and he just downloaded and burned his CD with toxicity on it, and then it's like some weird cover band of it, and it's like, ah, oh, damn it, I downloaded the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of pivot the episode a little bit. If you've been sticking around to this far into the episode, um, I want to turn the topic around a little bit and talk about what this means and why this is good. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the good things that we've talked about is there's never been a time ever in the history of humanity 
where access to the limelight and access to attention, worldwide attention, has never, ever been this democratized ever in the history of humanity. Yes, there's a lot of control from record labels. There's mm-hmm. never, there's other times where uh, other people in control that are pushing artists and building artists and it's biased, but ever in the history of humanity, now is the least biased ever. Like you can make TikToks, you can go on YouTube, you can make a stupid podcast like mixing music. I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah. Our podcast is great. Uh, is and it? <laughs> and um, it's, it's never been more democratized. Algorithms are literally there. They're invested on people sticking on your, the app or the website longer. And that means whoever makes the best content. Yeah. Whoever makes the uh, content that keeps the most amount of eyeballs on the screen is who wins. And that could be next door neighbor. That mm-hmm. could be you TikToking about your dog. As long as it's entertaining. I need to get it could be dog. your dog. Yeah. Right. But it's never been more democratized ever. So um if you want to be big and if you believe that um you have what it takes and you fully are invested into it. There's never, ever been a better time to do it. The music industry is making more money, even through the coronavirus, because yep. uh, entertainment went up during coronavirus. Yep. Uh, consumption went up. And how much money is paid on entertainment per capita per year went up during the coronavirus. So um, it's, again, never been a better time. It's incredibly, we've talked about it many times in the past, it's incredibly important that you utilize the algorithms at your hand. And I'm also thinking from the point of an artist, mm-hmm. right? If you're, a lot of people listening are mixing their own music, producing their own music. Um, and even if you're just an engineer that produces and mixes other people's music, um, it's, this is a great time to get involved and help them blow up. As an engineer, mm-hmm. like what blows up your career is helping an artist blow up. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like the more your artists do, the better your artists do, the more likely that your name is elevated as well. And that's assuming that like you're looking to elevate it in a specific niche market too. For instance, like if you're actually looking at like an artist and saying, cool, if I associate myself to this artist, it's going to help my career a lot. You know, that's that's true to a point, but you also have to create your own content as well. You yourself have to actually be out there for anybody to really look into it. Because the only time I have ever actually found like a mastering engineer, let's say in my lane, that made a ton of content was like streaky mastering. And the dude's got really great things. He's got great credits and everything, but I would have never found him if I was just looking through credits. Let's be honest. So it, it is kind of still a gamble to just base it off of the association of uh, your artist and how much the artist is doing. But if you're an artist and you're not doing it, it literally is not helping you. If anything, it's hurting you not to do it because you're releasing all this music and now you've got this catalog, but nobody's paying attention because you haven't made any kind of call to action kind of post or anything. Uh, Up until recently, up until the democratization of attention via social medias and algorithm, the, what we talked about with our episode with busy works beats, he Mm -hmm. talked about how like not fame, but success comes from like is given to other people like if i took a picture with the rock and people associate me working with the rock that that fame and success is kind of given to you to a certain degree there's he we talked about that on that episode you should check it out um as much as that used to be true back in the day the more and more i'm seeing numbers where if you are consistent and interesting you don't need to be given success and this is really interesting um 
for example, there's a Instagram page that I follow called Burstimo that I like mm-hmm. a lot. There, it's a couple. They they're like A and R. Either they anyway they share a lot of statistics, mm-hmm. and they shared that one statistics that one statistic that TikTok came out with. They said that for every song that blew up and went totally viral on TikTok, it took on average those creators eighteen months of posting, posting mm. on TikTok before one song blew up. Yeah. Which goes to show the value of consistency yep. um, rather than, you know, just luck. And you can kind of, it's, it's, we're kind of blurring the lines between luck and hard work again, which is a great place to be. Um, we want, we don't want the industry fully based on, your success is based on luck. We want it to be based on hard work. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say talent, but some people are, you know, put in the hard work and they, they're naturally gifted as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the combination of the two, as well as with with good marketing and good branding, is what creates success. Anyway, uh, coming—that's kind of what I want to turn into. Is I didn't want this to be like a really dark episode, but rather a really, really hopeful one. I hope yeah. that this pumps you up. I hope that this motivates you to do more. Your success is a hundred percent in your hands, more than ever that it has ever been. There's always going to be excuses for why you're not making more money, why you're not doing better. But if you're an artist and you have found yourself complaining about how it's hard to get success in the music industry, shut the fuck up. You are not special. You need to put the work in. Just get consistent with what you're doing. Yeah, you are not yeah. special. Everybody else is struggling just as much. If you are an American, shut the fuck up. You are the most blessed in the entire. Statistically speaking, you are in the most blessed part of the country. So just put in the hours, put in the work. You can do it. Believe in yourself because I believe in you. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, let's go right into our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by the Mixing Music Podcast. Oh. If you're interested in three times the amount of episodes and you want more technical episodes about what plugins to use or how to use these plugins or how to mix a song, go to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive where we release two episodes extra a week on technical content. It's really, really interesting. It's $4 a month or $40 a year. Really great uh, content. Um, we have a bunch of subscribers. Thank you for everybody that is subscribing. Um, that is available. The second sponsor that we have is if you are wanting to spend a some time recording with us, mixing with us, mastering with us. Um, you can either DM us on Instagram at master by Lou at DK mixes. Um, those links are available in the description of the episode as well as the description of the, the podcast in general. Or if you're wanting to book studio time in the Los Angeles, North Hollywood, uh, area, then go to in the mix in the mix studios is the commercial recording studio that Lou and I co-own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. It's been around now for a couple of years yep. and we, we will give you, if you let us know that you listen to the podcast, we'll give you a little discount on your next, next session and we'll get, we'll hang out, maybe become friends with you. We invite everybody to do that. So yeah. on that note, any other thoughts before we close out? Yeah, I believe in all of you. Everybody can do it. Just stay consistent. I, I I think that's something that we should emphasize. Yeah. It's it's truly It's just a matter of uh, will. It's literally just a matter of will. Literally the other day I was so frustrated I even looked at Anna and she's like, No, you got this. You yeah. got this. Sometimes it gets tough. I get it. I know it. But literally just believe. I we won't even get into it, but like I've been running recently almost every day and Lou's been going to the gym almost every single day and like we're not we're partially doing it of course to get fit but like 
we can't even stress the importance of doing that for the mental part of it. Yeah, like yesterday. Pushing more and like knowing you can give more. Yeah, yesterday I missed uh, what I thought was going to be definitively our, our meetup time for me and my assistant to go to the gym. Because it's funny, Henry's my assistant, but he's also my trainer, which is a really dope relationship combo because at a certain point I can't tell him what to do, but he can yell at me. So it's like, no, Lou, no. But like I missed my time and I'm like, no, I have to go today. Like, I feel weird not going to the gym now. Yeah, it's it's super important. I'm not saying going to the gym is necessarily important. I think it is. But, but uh, challenging your, your mind, and everything. challenging your mind and pushing more. We're not going to go all David Goggins on you and saying that you what you think is 100% of everything you've got is only 40% of what you actually can give. I'm not going to talk about, we're not going to go David Goggins on you. But I do want to end with this quote. And I've shared this quote at least three times during the podcast on various different episodes. Gotcha. We're going to end the episode on this quote. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time. If you are struggling... This is what you need to hear. There are always plenty of rivals to our work. We are always falling in love or quarreling, looking for jobs or fearing to lose them, getting ill and recovering, following public affairs. If we let ourselves, we shall always be waiting for some distraction or other to end before we can really get down to our work. The only people who achieve much are those who want knowledge so badly that they seek it while the conditions are still unfavorable. Favorable conditions never come. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Check out the Mixing Music Podcast on Amazon Music. Just visit Amazon.com forward slash Mixing Music. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at MixingMusicPodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.